I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Konnichiwa and welcome to the Syrupcast. You're listening to episode 146. We're recording this week's episode on Thursday, November Ninth, the Syrupcast is a podcast devoted to fostering intelligent and sometimes funny discussion related to the Canadian tech and telecom ecosystems. I'm your host, returning from a two-week vacation uh, from Magical Japan, Igor Bonifacic. This week, I'm joined by Mobile Syrup senior editor and very sick man, Patrick O'Rourke. I'm, I'm great, but I'm sick. Which is... Not you, great. Not great, yeah. but props to you, sir. Yes, yes. I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready to pod. Old, glad, reliable. Glad to have you back. It's going to be good. It's going to be, be good. good. Uh, we also have Mobile Syrup uh, staff writer, Samir Chabra. Samir, how are you? I'm quite well. How are you? How was, uh, how was Magical Japan? It was magical, one might say. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't really follow any of the tech and telecom news this pa- these past two weeks. Um, we'll tell you in Japan, they have a lot of iPhones and seemingly nothing else. Um, and that's, that's my... Uh, that's my hot take for the how, week. How was the the network reliability? Oh my goodness. Dear God, let me tell you. The LTE in Japan puts like Canada to shame. You know, like the carriers here are all like, oh, we have the most reliable networks, the fastest networks, the greatest networks. They're all worth your goddamn dollar. Except they don't work in tunnels and subways and stuff. Whereas in Japan, you can go into any subway. And you're, you will get cool. full coverage. It's less, less geographic, smaller geographical totally. area though, right? Totally. So. Much denser. Um, Just to defend Canada a little bit. Totally. in Canadian carriers. Um, and, um, but the roaming worked great. I was on SoftBank. Um, oh, cool. Like it was just as fast, if not faster than what I had here in Canada. Um, what? To be fair, I'm on Fido in Canada which is Rogers, and as we know, Rogers is now the worst of the big three in terms of speed. Um, what roaming option did you use? Just roam like home. Just roam like home, okay. um, Although there was this moment of like, <clears throat> I get to Japan, I turn off my phone from uh, airplane mode, and I get this message from Fido where they're telling me, oh, you have to pay pay-per-use rates. And I'm like, okay, what are the pay-per-use rates? And it's like, every me- uh, megabyte is 10 cents. Like, and I'm like, that's crazy. That would add up so quickly. quickly. And uh, then like furiously like, okay, guess I can't use my wireless to find our Airbnb. Yeah. And it's like this like dark and ominous night. Uh, like I think Typhoon 21 of the season was just like passing through Tokyo. And so here I am in the rain trying to navigate Japanese um, addresses, which if you're coming from the West make absolutely no sense because napoleon never made it to japan what's different about them uh okay so you know how in north america uh, in the west it's uh 
even numbers on the left side and uh, odd numbers on the right side or vice versa. Whatever. Uh, something like that. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's a metric that makes sense. It's a metric that makes sense and is predictable. In Japan, you have these like choms, which is like a, like a block. And it goes in order of like who put down their house in what order. So uh, like chom, like three ten one could be next to like three ten nine and you're like okay i don't know where this house is i'm sorry uh thankfully i eventually found it with like the very minuscule japanese that i know um and uh as uh you know if you've heard that like japanese people will go out of their way to help you it is absolutely true there was this i asked this pharmacist and she literally like closed up her shop to help me find <laughs> this place. That's awesome. Uh, and like led us to it because she was from the neighborhood. She knew where it was, led us there, and then just went back, opened up her shop, and went on with her business. So what you're telling me mm-hmm. is the video game Shenmue is, is a realistic true. depiction of yes. how nice Japanese people are to you. Totally. Interesting. Totally. Uh, you can also ask for sailors. Uh, and <laughs> did, you, did you try that? Did that work out? I, I totally forgot. and I, did, I wouldn't even know like how to ask in Japanese, like, where does one find a sailor? Um, did you say, did you ask if you, <laughs> I can't even say this without laughing. Were you looking for Landy? I, I was, I was. Uh, I also attempted to drive a forklift. Um, like, no one will get any of these jokes because no one's played that game. Yes. And in, in like 30 years. Uh, but Shenmue 3 coming out soon. Um, what else? Yeah, so on that trip, I took the Pixel uh, 2, not the Pixel 2 XL, which is apparently either the greatest phone ever released or the absolute, like, a burning pile of trash. Same, same camera, though, right? Same camera in the yes. XLs as the Pixel 2. So even if you took the XL, mm-hmm. which is the phone with all the problems, um, you, would, you would have the same camera experience. Totally. And uh, I should say I didn't experience this microphone issue that has recently come up. Then again, I never called anyone. So who knows whether I experienced it, but I did talk to Google assistant and, uh, assistant seemed to understand me perfectly. Um, yeah, I know a few people that have picked up the pixel two and they've, they've been uh, quite happy with it. They're not the type of person that cares about like having the fanciest looking phone. They just want mm-hmm. something that works. And I think that that's what the pixel two kind of embodies. Yeah. I mean, what have your experiences with the pixel two XL been? Uh, so since I've had the, the iPhone, I haven't been using the Pixel 2 XL as my main main okay. device. Um, but you I mean, Apple shill. That, that's me. That's yeah. what the commenters say. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I am going to switch back to it pretty soon once I'm done the video review for the iPhone, which mm-hmm. should be up later this week. And why is that? Just because you want to go back to Android or you just want uh, to? I, I like to balance between the two, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I would spend some time using, uh, before I, w- I was spending some time using the iPhone 7 and then I would switch back to the Pixel. It kind of balanced between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of my experience with the XL, Rose and I talked about this earlier um, in the week. Where we want to do an opinion piece at some point about uh, the Pixel 2 XL, mm-hmm. uh, sort of whether or not we would still recommend it um, mm-hmm. with all these issues. Now uh, that you've... Now that we've used yeah. it and like it's it's been out in the wild for a little bit, because um, mm-hmm. I mean, when my review for the uh, iPhone first went up, the the ten, the, the like in, w- the way we did it, you weren't here, but the way that we did it was, mm-hmm. um, we did an initial early review uh, yeah. with w- twenty four hours with the phone, yeah, um, and somehow I managed to like put together two thousand words from twenty four yeah. hours. I read that, yeah, and then we did like a more expanded review mm-hmm. later, um, and.
and pe- readers might not know this, but we had a similar experience with the the Pixel Two and the Pixel Two XL. It wasn't twenty four hours, but mm-hmm. it was I think two and a half, three days, something like that. Yeah. Um. So something we want to try to do more is kind of these updated, ongoing uh, reviews where they're kind of more living and organic, and whether mm-hmm. or not we update the reviewer, we do like a follow up column or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we want to do something on the Pixel 2 XL, um, and I've sort of struggled with whether or not I would still recommend the phone. And I think I would, uh, the more I think about it, just because I think a lot of these problems are things that maybe we care about because we follow phones and that's mm-hmm. what we do at Mobile Syrup. But I'm not sure if, if they're things that the average individual is even going to notice. Uh, so mm-hmm. like the screen burn-in, for instance, the only time I see it on the screen is if I open up a gray image which is what is recommended in order to see the screen burn in totally, yeah. and it's there and you can see it and it's very faint but in the time that i've used the phone that's the only time i see it right right so like it's there in the back of my head like i know that this is a problem with the display mm-hmm. and there's other phones out there that you can get that don't have this issue but i it i wouldn't even know about it right you know what i mean if i wasn't yeah. looking for it that kind of problem yeah um i mean to be fair with the screen burn in it it's something that could get and potentially likely will get worse over time. Yeah. Right. So, um, but then I will say like, you know, I think about back to my, I'm writing a piece about, you know, what to expect from the one plus five T, uh, which will be announced next week. And I think about like the issues that phone had the one plus five, that is, which is it had that jelly scrolling effect, right? Cause I the remember screen that, was yeah, oriented yeah. backwards. There's the issues with the color too, similar yeah. to what we've experienced with the, the pixel too. Totally. And Again, like the jelly scrolling was not something I noticed until I read about it, right? Um, And it really does speak to like Twitter, especially, uh, as we've learned, is an echo chamber. Um, And, you know, when you're in that echo chamber, it seems like these problems are earth shattering. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, Whereas, um, you know, after using the Pixel, is it like the most like beautiful phone? Is it like the most cutting edge? No, but it like it just works really well. Yeah, and, uh, and I mean Google to Google's credit, they did respond to these issues pretty mm-hmm. pretty quickly, which not every company would do. Mm-hmm. Um, so they really recently released an update. Uh, I think it was on November seventh when it dropped um, that added a new saturated color option to the yep. display. That kind of makes it look a little bit more like, um, like we were talking about before, like the the, the Note eight or the S eight, mm-hmm. sort of that vibrant uh, color that maybe doesn't look true to life but yeah. is what some people want out of their displays. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably count myself in that ca- camp. Uh, and I I mean, I turn the feature on and it does make the display look much more vibrant. I don't think it looks as great as the iPhone X's display or the Note 8's display or the S8 or the S8 Plus, but it, it definitely sort of gives it that somewhat artificial punched up color feel yeah. that a lot of people wanted from the Pixel 2 XL. Uh, they also solved something else too, uh, and we we couldn't get the feature to work on our um, pick, our, our like review unit Pixel Two XL, and that was Google would fade out this navigation bar when you weren't using the phone in an effort to sort of reduce the screen burn in. Yeah, um, I couldn't figure out if that was a setting in the in the background of the phone that needed to be turned on, but we couldn't we couldn't get it to work. Um, yeah, something I'll come back to and try again. But I think um, if that feature is working, that's also another good move by. Uh, google sort of adding that in to, mm-hmm. to try to mitigate those those problems though like i really don't think it's gonna solve the screen burden in that much totally yeah you know what but it's interesting like i only use the your iphone for like 10 minutes uh not even 10 minutes probably more like closer to five yeah, it's about five minutes but um what just kind of struck me is as much flack as apple gets they are still very much 
like the uncontested, I think, leader when it comes to just how they manufacture these devices. Yeah. Like, I think it just still speaks to, uh, you know, as great a job as Google has done, there's, you know, they're still relatively new to making hardware, right? Like there's, um, they can only go up one would hope, right? In terms of like, you know, uh, just ensuring that the devices are better manufactured in the future, there's fewer flaws and that stuff like this, which is seemingly seems so big at times is get gets caught earlier. And the, the tense yeah. display, um, like, I mean, it, it looks great. Like it's mm -hmm. it's probably the best smartphone display I've ever yeah. seen. There's other things that I think are a, a little more like up to, I guess, user interpretation. Like I understand why some people don't like the the design of it, the sort of aluminum silver bezels. Like you could mm -hmm. describe that as garish. I think it's cool because I like the idea of a throwback to the 3GS. Yeah, it makes the phone look a little more than like a black slab of steel and and, and glass and plastic. Um, but I do get why people don't like it. I think that's fair. But I mean, to me, like if you look at the display it's it's bar none one of the best that that i've seen mm -hmm. on a smartphone it, it really is nice and how would you uh and samir you've been very waiting very patiently i promise we'll get to you in just a sec and That's you're of course fine. free to jump fine. in at any time i'll be i'll be quiet for that whole portion of the podcast <laughs> yeah. don't worry that one's all you um and he would of course will be contributing um so um you know one of the reasons i took the pixel with me to japan was i wanted just to try the camera and you know, going into like this trip, obviously I had read a lot, like there's people who were like, well, like this is the greatest camera bar none. Um, and I think now that I've had some time to use it, it certainly has its strengths, but I don't think it is as impressive as a lot of people have. Certainly for a smartphone, it's impressive. Does it take true to life photos? Because when in my time with the Pixel 2 XL, um, I thought that it was kind of like, and, and I'm, far from an expert on mm -hmm. like images because i think it's so subjective but mm -hmm. i thought that it fell kind of between the the note 8 and the s8 in terms mm -hmm. of like that camera takes really good photos but they don't look true to life you know what yeah. i mean like very processed are very saturated very processed which is fine because that's what some people want right yeah um and the iphone which i think for a number of years probably since its inception has taken very true to life photos and i felt that the pixel was kind of like this medium between the two Right. Um, again, it's it's tough to say because, like you say, it is very subjective, right? Yeah, like, that's true. I've kind of developed a not. It's weird. I think part of my issue is that, like, I have a certain way in my mind how I think my photos should look, right? And then, then I edit my photos to look like that. Yeah, everyone and has that. When then the pixel like turns out what it does, and I'm like, eh, those don't look like the photos I like. So, <laughs> yeah, like, like a lot of people think that a, a good photo is something that's just really bright, right? Yeah, like, well, like well lit. Whereas I think maybe you you appreciate more contrast in your photos, right? Or so maybe that's yeah, not what you or, were getting. Yeah, and um, it is fantastic in low light situations, yeah. right? So there was this. It was I was quite amazed. I was um, in Kyoto, um, which is the old capital of Japan, uh, for Halloween, and there were these you know people dressed up obviously uh halloween is kind of a relatively like new thing in japan uh but like there's it's kind of been uh ad adopted like with open arms in the sense that like that's awesome japan has had like a tradition of like dressing up in costumes that's where cosplay comes from and so people take it very seriously right yeah. Uh, and I was in, there's this famous alleyway in Kyoto called the Pontocho, which is like where all like the really like traditional restaurants are. And it's like very magical, but it's all lit by like street lanterns, right? 
So not really ideal light. And yet, uh, I'll show you later, but there's this fantastic picture I have of these two guys who were dressed up. And you can make out like every single detail. Um, there was another picture which I showed you, Samir. I was in Akihabara, which is kind of the like nerd district of Tokyo, where I was approached by this girl who was dressed in an owl onesie and she had a, uh, an owl on her uh, hand or she was carrying around an owl because she worked for an owl cafe where you could go and see real life owls. Um, if you know about cat cafes, that's basically where the concept originated. It was in Japan and then they kind of, they're like, why stop with cats when we can do owls? What about an owl cafe that's also a cat cafe? Think of the chaos. Could they live in peace together? I don't know. We'll have to find out on a next on the next episode of the Syrup Cast. Like I just derailed everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Akihabara is like lit up with like these beautiful neon lights. You see like these kind of anime posters everywhere. It is like crazy. Um, but at night it's still dark, right? Like yes, it's in kind of the like neon glow. But yet the pixel took like this fantastic picture of this girl where you can, again, like you see every detail. It's like very well lit. Um, did you share that one on Instagram? It sounds very I, familiar. I didn't, but I did show you and I can... Wait, uh, sorry. Did you say that that photo was taken at night? That photo was taken at night. Okay. So viewers, uh, listeners, sorry. The reason I'm reacting right now is because I thought that photo was taken in daylight and like broad so, daylight. This is the I, one I took in Kyoto. Uh, that's, that is really good. Right? And like you can... Like you see everything. Yep. Right. Like, um, and then I'll show you the picture of, uh, yeah. So this is the. Gr- so yeah, you can see it's at night, right? That oh looks God, really, yeah, no, really that- good. Yeah, and you can, and there's the cute owl. It was very cute. I unfortunately could not find this owl cafe because again, Japanese Aww. addresses. What do they mean? Um, <clears throat> but yeah. So this is uh, then this is Akihabara. So, but you can see like it is very impressive in terms of. For a smartphone, especially, like, yeah, do you see every, like, is every person perfectly lit? No, but then, again, there's not lighting on them necessarily, yeah. right? Um, and then what is also impressive about the Pixel 2 is that it is very good about, like, it doesn't blow out the highlights and it doesn't make, like, crush the blacks. So that's, like, a very, like, photographic kind of, like, terminology. But what it's, like, there's not, like... The details are preserved in the sense, and, and and that's not something that all always happens with smartphone cameras. Well, it's really hard with a smartphone because the sensor is so small, right? Teeny, like tiny. Yeah. So the bigger the sensor, the better it's doing that. Like at catching like the brightest brights and the or the brightest whites and the darkest uh, shadows, right? Um, and that's kind of a sign of a really good camera. Um, and I think that's something that the Pixel, more so than any other smartphone I've used, has really nailed. Um, and a lot of that it has to do just with the HDR plus algorithm that Google uses, which is really fantastic, right? Like it takes three shots, I think at a minimum, composes them, stitches them together. Uh, and it's really fast at doing that because uh, Google designed that specific image processor. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, anyway, 
I'd love to talk more about the pixel. You can read my story about it. But Samir, as I said, you've been very patient. What happened this week? Why is it important? Why should we care? So that was a lot of uh, fun smartphone talk. Uh, a lot of a uh, lot of the cool stuff. Now we're going to talk about something that I find really fun: numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. So the CRTC, the Canada Radio Television Telecommunications Commission. The, never heard of them. Never heard of them. It, they're you know Canada's telecom watchdog. We write about them. You might have seen them on our website. They released their communications monitoring 2017 report. This is a report that looks at the broadcasting sector, that looks at the uh, telecommunications sector, so wireless as well as internet use, and you know churns out these numbers and spits out some stats that matter to the industry and also matter to you know people like me. So yesterday was a broadcasting report, and we wrote a little bit about that, but I think the more important one for you guys and also for us is the telecom report. Um, and right off the bat, I mean, something that, that's kind of interesting is that can- Canadians, on average, use about 1.2 gigs of data every month on their wireless devices. Now, a few commenters have already said, you know, well, we use 15 gigs every month, we use 10 gigs every month. But the other thing that's interesting is that more than a quarter of those who subscribed to a monthly data plan had at least 5 gigs of data, which means that their data plans are, you know, 5 gigs or more. So it's kind of hoping that maybe you guys, you know, Igor and Patrick, who have had more experience in the industry, maybe you could talk a little bit about why it's interesting that it seems like about a quarter of Canadians who are subscribed to, you know, Rogers, Bell, Telus, Freedom, so forth, they've got these, what I consider to be a rather expensive or high-end uh, data plan. Um, okay. Hmm. I think a lot of it has to do with, well, I think it's just the nature of the internet at this point, right? Like, um, there's also not like, and it stems from the fact that there's not a lot of education about how some of these apps work, right? For instance, Facebook, right? Like you... Autoplay video. Autoplay video is one of like probably the biggest reasons why we're seeing these like ballooning data plans. I think um, Twitter is another huge. Same right. with autoplay video. So oh, you're so. you're asking why there's been this increase? Yeah. yeah. So okay. I mean, it's yeah. sort of, sort of why there's this increase, and also sort of how when we often write about how expensive data plans are, it mm-hmm. seems that so many Canadians uh, are actually paying quite a bit for their data plans, or not yeah. paying quite a bit. It's not the price; it's that they're paying for quite a bit of data. Yeah. So I think yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with that. Like I remember when, um, and I feel like a fool now. I remember when I first bought my iPhone. It was there was an unlimited plan, and it was it, it was not that expensive. Just how long? Be, how long ago was this? This was when I bought the iPhone 3GS. Yeah, there's, so there's 2008. There's unlimited plans way back then. Yeah, unlimited plans were a thing because we couldn't imagine a world in which we would use we would need unlimited data, right? Um, And now, you know, I had the chance, and I think it was like $60 a month. I could be wrong. Like this was uh, almost like 10 years ago now. Um, And yet now I feel like a fool for not getting it because the price of these plans has ballooned so much. Um, I remember thinking at the time, oh, why do I need more than one gigabyte? Like, I'll just use Wi-Fi to watch YouTube videos. Uh, They probably would have forced you off it at some point, though. Like, anyone I know that was on those really dope and limited plans from, like, 10 years ago, they've been forced off them at some point because they upgraded or they switched providers or whatever. For whatever reason, right? They always find a way. They always find a way, yes, indeed. Um, So I think a lot of it has to do with that. Like, and just think about how, like, in 2008, um, when 
I got my first uh, smartphone, you know, all of my music was on my smartphone, right? It is to some extent right now, but it was all music that I owned. Whereas now, almost, I mean, certainly you and I, Patrick, we use Spotify. Yep. I think more and more people are using Spotify. Uh, when was when did Netflix come to Canada? I, I would like to say 2011, but I right. don't want to say that because it's probably wrong. Uh, in any case. Quick Google Foo on Patrick's part. Yeah, yeah, Google Foo on. You can hear me typing. This is great podcasting. Launch of Netflix in Canada. You probably covered uh, it at Canada.com. Uh, that that would have been I would have been still in school if it was 2010. Yeah. Um, keep keep talking. I'll find it. Anyway, um, uh, 2010. 2010. I was close. Yeah. 2010. So I would have been just graduating. Yeah. So again, and I go back to the education part, right? Like most people, one of the most popular articles we published was one that Rose wrote, which was how to save data, right? And it's so many of the comments in that section are like, wow, I never knew about this like feature of Android, right? Like it's not some, or like the one in, um, there's the one the iPhone has that's very notorious for using data, which is uh, the Wi-Fi assist. Yeah, so if, if you're that's on not a, turned off. Yeah, so if you're on a bad uh, network connection and this is, uh, you know, uh, 5G network connection or 3G, it will, or sorry, excuse me, if you're on a bad Wi-Fi connection, it will use uh, your data connection to uh, to assist and make it better, right? And that's something that is just on by uh, default. It's pretty hard to find unless you know where to look for it. And it's something that can burn for your data pretty quickly, right? Uh, again, with the autoplay ads, it's on by default. You have to kind of navigate through a lot of the Facebook's interface, through a lot of Facebook's interface to find the setting that lets you kind of control it with some granularity. Um, so I think... Ignorance plays a huge part into why these plans have grown so big and why the carriers, one of the big, I think, outcomes of that report is that the carriers are making more money than ever, right? It's also just the nature of, of how we use smartphones, right? Like mm -hmm. a lot of people use their smartphone on the go, wherever they are, whether or not they have Wi-Fi. And in some cases, even when they're home, like maybe they'll forget to turn Wi-Fi on or something like that, right? Um, Can I just say... Quick uh, side note. Uh, I don't know if it's Oreo or the uh, Pixel specifically, but it has this great feature where it uses location services to know when to turn on your Wi-Fi. If it's off, right? So if it, you're at home or at work, it will automatically turn on the Wi-Fi for me, which I find is such an amazing, uh, like, I'm like, how, why is it? It sounds like an Oreo feature. I think it I'm is. Sure. And it's like, why has it taken so long to implement something like this? Because, yeah. you know, it should know to turn off your Wi-Fi when you're like you're leaving your house or something. Battery right? saving measure too, right? Yeah, battery saving measure and data saving measure. The best of both worlds. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Uh, no, I, that, that, that's all I was going to say. I just think for a lot of people, their phone is their PC now, right? They they use yeah. their phone for absolutely everything. Uh, maybe even tasks that they might have used a, a work computer for a couple of years ago, right? So mm -hmm. I think it's just the nature of how we use devices and it's only going to get worse. Yeah, and it was interesting, like, uh, it came out of a CRTC hearing. Um, I remember, you know, I hadn't considered, like, how a person with accessibility needs, for instance, someone that is either, um, you did that interview in which um, the, um, the your subject that you were interviewing was deaf, I believe? Uh, Megan McHugh, she, was, uh, she is deafblind, rather. Yeah. She's also the president of the Canadian National Institute for the Society of the Deafblind. Um, mm -hmm. That's a story that's going to be coming out, hopefully, uh, 
before Christmas. Yeah. We're still working on it. But yeah, so people with different accessibility needs. For example, if you're if you're uh, if you're deaf specifically or hard of hearing, hmm. um, you need more data. You, and you, you right. preferably right. want LTE or LTEA simply because you're most likely going to be using video calling instead of regular um, regular calling because you're going to be signing over the phone. So if you don't have a good or, or efficient connection or, or even a strong connection, then you, you really can't have a conversation. Right. So, again, you know, that's not something I hadn't considered until I read through a CRTC transcript on this subject. Um what is amazing, you know, as much as we kind of write about how these smartphones are like rotting our brains, uh, they also bring, they're so helpful to certain segments of the population, right? Like you can't, you know, certainly there's teens who just use their smartphones for Snapchat and sending uh, uh, less than uh, one might say uh, appropriate pictures to one another. Unsavory messages. Unsavory messages. Yes, that is the polite way of saying it. But then there are people who on for whom these phones mean so much and they depend on them, right? So um, the other interesting thing to come out of this report, and just briefly, was that the PIAC, uh, which is a consumer advocacy group, might be shutting down. Yes, yes, no, I don't know. Uh, that was something I saw uh, our good friend. Um, oh my God, what is was it? Was it a yeah. cart? It was cart, yes. So it, was it was on cart. Greg, Greg O'Brien. Yeah, Greg O'Brien tweeting about. Um, <clears throat> I don't have many details about it. I was merely just saw that before the pod. Well, so just we'll, broke as we came in. I'm sure yeah, we'll have we'll a more, we'll, more. We'll, yeah, we'll write something up after the pod, so there'll be something on the site for those who want more information. And then we'll discuss it a bit later. Um, anyway, I think we're close to our. Robin's nodding at me. She says yes. You can't hear her. You'll just have to imagine. Um, Robin's going to be on the podcast at one point. We just got to got to figure it out. Anniversary podcast? I think so. Sounds like a plan to me. All right. All right. Uh, shout outs. Uh, so for my Switch Minute this week, uh, Hulu, which is a US ex- exclusive uh, streaming platform, has made its way to the Nintendo Switch, which marks the first time a streaming app has been available on Nintendo's greatest console ever made. Interestingly, um, not Netflix. No, not Netflix. So it's kind of cool that Hulu made it there first. Um, kind of not cool that Hulu is not available in Canada. I mean, it is possible to get it. I was a Hulu subscriber for a number of years. I recently suspended my subscription, um, not canceled it, just to, to sort of uh, use a different app for a while because that's what I do. Um, but I mean, uh, I think that this is great. This is something that I argued that the Switch should have had at launch. Um, mm-hmm. I know some people feel... Uh, very differently about that because they wanted to just be a gaming system but i i don't see why you can't have streaming apps on there too it makes the switch kind of an all-in-one sort of tablet gaming device and i think that that's um the direction nintendo should be taking it in not that it's not ultra successful i just feel like if i'm going on a trip and i want a device to watch netflix i would love to be able to just be able to take totally yeah. yeah you know what i mean so uh hopefully netflix comes very soon yeah, it would be great if Nintendo kind of released their own first party like adapter where you can, it's like a travel um, travel dock. So it's like smaller so that you could then use it like you could plug it into like your hotel TV, for instance. That would be great. And watch Netflix. Well, there are travel docks. That's They're not totally. official. That's um, what I'm saying. Yeah. A friend of the podcast, TechCrunch writer Daryl Etherington has, has one uh, that he's been testing. That's a third party sort of tiny travel one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that I said I was going to buy, but I haven't yet. Uh, so hopefully Nintendo releases an official one. I mean, I think the issue is that it needs to be powered. So hmm. you still got to plug it in. But I mean, yeah. something smaller than that massive plastic dock that, like my dock is bent in now. Yeah. Like at the top, because I took it on a trip once. Yeah. Um, and I guess the pressure of clothes against it or whatever bent it in a little bit. So it's not exactly conducive to travel. Like it's going right. to fall apart. It's not a strong thing by any means. But that would just, you know, make what is a great console for even better. Oh, yeah, it'd be great. I wish, yeah. I'd, like, there was some kind of dongle I could just throw in my backpack and plug it in and, and play it wherever I want on a big screen. Um, mm. I hope that that exists soon. Mm-hmm. Samir? Uh, yeah, so I'd like to shout out to the good folks down in the village of Matep- uh, Matipso, Kenya. This week, the village of Matipso, Kenya, thanks to uh, a, a telecom tower that was built near a mud house in the village, is broadcasting a live hour-long broadcast uh, every single day this week. Uh, so shout-outs to Matthew Barrier uh, and Joel Richardson for, for bringing that together. And, mm-hmm. and you wrote a really good story about that, too, that you can find on Mobile Strip. Amazing. Um, my shout-out goes to um, Roy Halliday. He passed away uh, this uh, week uh, in a plane crash. Um, I remember watching Doc several times pitch uh, at the... Sky Dome and then Rogers Center. Uh, and, you know, just an amazing, not only an amazing athlete, but an amazing human being. Uh, and my kind of, this is, I found this out the day I came back to Toronto and it kind of broke my heart <laughs> to learn that he had passed away. And especially at such a young age, uh, it seems like so many people are passing, so many people I love passing away this year. Um, in the kind of, not people that I know personally. My God, that but got like, dark. You know, like <laughs> Chris Cornell died um chester from uh lincoln park um i guess my 2017 was other people's 2016 when like prince died and, yeah that's true and david bowie and so on um anyway on that note i should mention that if you have a question or comment make sure to send it to podcast at mobilesyrup.com we have so many game codes to give away. Yes. Uh, Pat and I are just figuring out the logistics of that. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to give away quite a few on the pod, but also some uh, through just the main yeah. website as well. We, we have a lot. Like, we're talking tons. So we got to figure out a way to do that um, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so there's some incentive. Uh, of course, I know I always say this, and I totally will when we get up to some kind of like a special topic. I'll make sure to post on the website just to make it easier for people. But then again, you always have podcasts at mobilesyrup.com. Don't be shy. Send us either a voice recording uh, or an email written, and we'll make sure to include it. And leave us a review on iTunes. Yes. It really helps the podcast. Uh, where can people find you, too? You can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore or O'Rourke. Can't, mm-hmm. can't say my last name because mm-hmm. I'm too congested. Um, and you'll, you'll find me complaining about a lot of stuff on there. So mm-hmm. come come join the complain party. Also, he was Patrick was featured on Twitter Moments the other day. Oh yeah, that was scary, man. Uh, it was a uh, tweet that I made about the Xbox One X, something that I didn't really cover in my review. Uh, the mm-hmm. fact that the console only has a one terabyte hard drive, mm-hmm. and a lot of the 4K updates are enormous. Uh, some of them are like approaching 200 gigs, so that fills up the system really quickly. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's easy to go out and buy an external drive and plug it in. Uh, and I think to some extent, Microsoft made that decision to to lower cost, right? It's already an expensive system. I think totally. that adding another hard drive would probably add like another 50 bucks to it or whatever. Um, expanding the hard drive, I mean, not adding another one. Uh, so I made a tweet about that and it got picked up by Twitter Moments and I became uh, 
the brunt of many people's complaints for the day. I think I got like hundreds and hundreds of tweets of people like asking me questions about the console. It was, it was quite interesting. Oh, wow. So if you want to ask Patrick questions about the Xbox One X, you know where <laughs> to go. Now. Yeah, you, you can you can find us on the internet. On the internet. Samir? Uh, my Twitter is much less boring because I don't get picked up by Twitter moments. Uh, you can find me at Samir Chabra 94 on Twitter. You got to get that blue check mark. Oh, yeah. You know, first things first, I got the 280 character update. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Now everyone has that. So that's not so special anymore. I don't have it. I don't have it on mobile. I have it oh. on desktop. Um, let, let me check right now live on the podcast. Let, let's hope mm. Face ID works. Face ID works. I got in. Okay. This is the type of quality radio programming we bring you at the Syrupcast. I have it. All right. He's got Very it. Nice. He's Very got high. it. Well, I, so you know what? 280 first and then the blue check mark. So I got the 280. Now it's time. It's time. It's time Twitter. We should okay. have talked about that and how horrible it is because it's the worst thing ever. I hate it. Oh, the 280? Oh, it's so yeah, it's, it's so bad. It's so bad. But then again, Twitter is in a downward spiral into oblivion. So yeah, this, let's, is, let's, this, this is, like is the, not the beginning of the end. This it, is like midway too. This is the worst move though. Like it's so horrible. Yeah. Anyway, in a separate podcast devoted to Twitter, we'll talk about that. Um, you can find me at Igor Bonifacic. That's I-G-O-R-B-O-N-I-F-A-C-I-C, uh, where I mostly just tweet pictures. So if you want hot takes, go to Patrick for that. Hot complaints. Hot complaints. Also, if you want to see any of the photos that we talked about on this oral podcast, you can probably find them on Twitter for Igor. or Yeah, or, or Instagram, where I'm at Kodachrome. You're going to do a sort of a photo diary thing too, right? Like yeah, a, yeah, a totally. A photo blog about it on, on the site, so you'll be yeah. able to find them there as well. Once I finish the OnePlus 5T, uh, which we'll be covering next week. Uh, the what to expect, right? What to expect, yeah. but then the phone launch itself. Let me tell you, there's not a lot to expect. That's what, what's new about it? Like I, uh, just I the screen, all. just the screen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and maybe the camera. We'll see. Um, on that note, thank you so much for listening. It's great to be back, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Peace. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.